What am I willing to do to go get it? I push things aside just to go get it. I know my role and I play my position. You talking too much. Please learn how to listen. I never give up. I'm not quitting. Back to the one I never where we interview every job occupation A through Z from the trash man to the CEO and ask them why and how they started their profession so that you can find your dream job too. I'm your host Kojo Thompson and today we have a very special guest with us. It is Hugh Simpson now. Hugh is a former investigative reporter, serial entrepreneur with over 22 years of experience as a preparedness and survival consultant. He has authored seven books in the niche, so he's got a lot to share with us today. So, Hugh, shall I proceed? Yes, indeed, Kojo. All right, Hugh. Now, how are you feeling today? Oh, I'm feeling great. Feeling great and ready to go. All right, Hugh. Now, I think we're going to go ahead and dive into the question that everybody who's been waiting for. Now, Hugh, you're a serial entrepreneur, but I think we're really going to focus on uh, what you have 22 years of experience as uh, in why you became an, an uh, a preparedness and survival consultant. <laughs> Let's get to it. And what happened was is that I did not start out to talk about emergency preparedness and survival. However, I was interested in finding out, because I knew a lot of New Age people, and they kept talking about Earth shifts, shifting of the Earth. Well, I'd studied geography in the seventh grade, and I didn't remember anything about Earth shifts, but mm -hmm. I wanted to see if these people really had anything going for them. So I started investigating Earth shifts and found out that our Earth had shifted many times. In fact, three times it had turned totally over in the past years of its existence. Mm. But as I was studying that, Kojo, I found a two-paragraph article in 1989, okay, or was it 1998? I've forgotten, but whatever, it was 1998, <laughs> excuse me, 1998, and it said about this thing coming called Y2K. And I don't know if your listeners are familiar with Y2K, but it was the biggest event, and it was kind of like COVID is today, a huge event. We did not know how we were going to solve it. We were trying to change the code. And what it basically was is that we thought for some odd reason or number when we did the uh, coding of computers that it went into 2000. <laughs> Why? I have no idea. I've asked people that, and they said, we don't know either. But anyway, it caught my attention. And it caught my attention because back then we were getting into ATMs, gas stations, uh, door shutting in stores, everything done by computers, even back then. And it got me concerned. And I said, wow, this is really concerning. You know, what if planes drop out of the sky? What if uh, doors to uh, banks don't shut? Uh, what if uh, the doors to food stores don't open? What are we going to do? And that's when I became interested in finding what, as a former investigative reporter for the Post in Washington, D.C., I decided what were we going to do to be able to survive this thing. And that's how I wrote my first book, A Family Survival Manual for Y2K and Beyond. It was featured on CNN. It was featured on Fox. It was featured on the nationally syndicated radio show Coast to Coast. 
And some of you people might have remembered the late Art Bell. He was the founder of that show, and he was on the X-Files as a guest. I mean, he was quite cool. And he told me, he said, now you're going to be on for your 15 minutes of fame. He's actually the one that coined that word, the 15 minutes of fame. And I said, great, Art. I'll be glad to. I want to do the show with you and everything like that. I did the entire show, all four hours from uh, one in the morning till five. Wow. <laughs> and and the, the amazing thing is, is we had set up a little thing to hopefully catch emails and everything like that. 3,000 emails. Mm. 3,000. And the books sold off the shelf pretty rapidly. And uh, a lot of people do not know that right up to the minute of the year 2000, banks across the world were working desperately to change that coding so that we would not have crashes in financial institutions. And that's what led me to believe that, you know, maybe there are other people, maybe there are other events coming along. Of course, Katrina came along. I was involved with Katrina. Unfortunately, people started calling me one day before Katrina hit the New Orleans area and saying, what can we do? How can we get food? How can we get this? Can you send us this? Can you send us that? Well, nobody was moving except the federal government. And so I couldn't really do much. And unfortunately, the problem is, Kojo, even with COVID, whatever may be coming along, earth ships, whatever it is, huge earthquakes, uh, all those kind of things, we, only, we estimate that only 2% of the people of the United States of America are prepared right now for a national disaster. Wow, 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 Hugh. And that was a lot to unpack right there in that answer. I love that answer right there. And you you even might have answered my second question a little bit of, you know, what was the process like? So, Hugh, I'm going to dive a little bit deeper than that. Sure. What were some childhood hobbies and habits that you think matriculated into you becoming who you are today? Well, my dad was a builder on the side. He also managed uh, uh, lumber companies. Uh, he was one of the best managers that they kind of moved him around. One company would say, oh, we'll offer you more over here and, you know, and so and so. And he did that. My mom was an interior designer or interior decorators. They used to call them in the 50s and uh, one of the best in, in our city of Jacksonville, Florida. And um, so those were, you know, my influences. My parents were my influences. Um, but the whole idea of survival and preparedness, that was so far off my radar. <laughs> I mean, I was a fat kid, uh, had thick glasses and bullied and everything like that. That was so far off my radar. So it did not prepare me for preparedness and survival. And I was not a Boy Scout. <laughs> I see. Wow. That is very interesting. I love that answer right there, Hugh, for all the people who, you know, are, are trying to figure it out. But but maybe, you know, their their uh, surroundings are not matching up with their ideal future. So I love that right there, Hugh. Now, I got to ask, what is an average daylight for you? An average daylight for me? Well, I'm usually up by seven o'clock in the morning. And the average day is, is that I uh, have my breakfast and do my meditation and read my Bible verses and everything like that. And then I hit the Internet and start looking at it to see if there's any emails of real concern and interest. And then right now my passion uh, is my uh, 
military project of uh, getting my military uh, veterans to take over the manufacturing of my dome homes kits, uh, dome home kits, and uh, to then turn those into eco-villages where homeless veterans will have a place to live beside a cardboard box or in a street corner or whatever. I love that right there, Hugh. I love that right there. And you you got to say that for me. I got a question down the line just a little bit for you, just to, just so that we can cover that subject alone right there. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and ask this. What do you enjoy the most about what you do? What I enjoy the most about it is I enjoy taking and mentoring people. Okay, this is what I really enjoy. I've been very fortunate, Kojo, to have some phenomenal mentors. I mean, mm. really phenomenal. My first major mentor, of course, was my mom, being an interior designer. And my fourth career that I started in COVID was interior design. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I've been involved in doing interior design and even coined my own uh, word called classy, classy minimalism. Minimalism is my favorite thing in the world, being a minimalistic and, uh, and even when I uh, go from place to place, I usually have only two suitcases of stuff. And then I keep some of my other stuff in a storage place. But normally I just have that. I'm a very minimalistic human being. But the whole idea is, is that, you know, um, uh, my other mentor was when I was at Florida State University. Uh, I was very fortunate to have Barry as a, uh, as a mentor. He had been the co-founder of Playboy magazine. You put mm. up the money for it. Okay. So he was in the public relations field, and that's what I took an interest in in undergraduate school, even though I was doing a major in sociology. But I took an interest in taking an ad course, and that had some PR in it. And then I found Barry, and he was one of the PR people for uh, Eileen Ford Agency, uh, 3M, uh, you know, companies like that. And he took me under his wing and even gave me projects to do. So may I say that one of the most important things to your listeners is find a mentor that is doing something that you are passionate about and get involved with them. I love that right there. And I feel like that's the whole point of the podcast. I feel like that's the whole point of the podcast to you. So I love that piece of advice right there. Now, of course, the back end of that question is what do you enjoy the least? What do I enjoy the least? Numbers. I'm I'm dyslexic. <laughs> I mean, when I was at Florida State, guys, I used to have to call the bank once a week to see what my balance was. <laughs> I, I couldn't balance a checkbook to save my life. And so numbers, financial things, things like that, they're not my forte. So I have to have uh, uh, lawyers and accountants. <laughs> People like that, or I would be I would be horrible at it. Just horrible. I'm not good at numbers. I love it. I love it. I love it. And Hugh, this next question right here is my absolute favorite. And that is, do you think that grades mattered in school for the success that you have in your career today? You know what? I used to think grades were important, and my parents, uh, you know, sacrificed for me. My mom, being an interior designer, she actually made more than my dad did. My dad made a nice living. We were middle class, uh, you know, family. But my mom made the money, and instead of putting it into clothes and all that kind of stuff, they put it into my education. Okay, mm -hmm. and so I was in private schools from the third grade on. All right, so grades seemed to mean a lot, but let me tell you. 
today we've seen enough stories where people have quit, you know, in the eighth grade or whatever they are, and, you know, et cetera. I think the most important thing to do today is find what you're good at, what you're passionate about. And if it does require an engineering degree or whatever it may be, I mean, I work with a guy right now in the survival preparedness business. He has a master's degree from Purdue University in engineering. And he was he was the top of his class. Mm. You know what he designs? He designs a thing that is a hand crank generator that generates 1600 watts. It was taken off the market off the market by the U.S. federal government to do a secret DARPA project for three years. So, yeah, did that help him to develop this? I don't know. I I don't know. I've asked him. He said, not really. He said, I just like to tinker. Well, Edison liked to tinker, right? Mm. We talked about it earlier. Edison liked to tinker. Uh, Colonel Sanders had a fried chicken recipe from his family. uh, evidently, uh, Wozniak and and and, uh, and, and uh, Steve Jobs uh, used to like to play around with, with computer parts in the garage. So, mm. does it require an education like that? I don't think so. Mm. Mm-hmm. I can't agree with you more, Hugh. I cannot agree with you more. I love that answer. And Hugh, I'm going to break down this next question just a little bit for you because this word gets tossed around willy nilly, and that is. What do you feel that your impact is? And when I say impact, I mean, what are you devoted to? What is your devotion? My devotion is to mentoring. Okay. And uh, we talked earlier before this about that. I uh, have been mentored myself. We just talked about that, but Mm -hmm. mentoring others. And I have mentored a young man uh, in West in Asheville, North Carolina in entrepreneurship. And uh, I am, interested in working with you, Kojo, because I've been a publicist. I was a publicist for the original Mm -hmm. Marlboro Man. He uh, was, of course, the most recognized advertising icon in history. Uh, However, what maybe people don't know is he was also a dress consultant for five U.S. presidents. Okay, Mm -hmm. And so he also consulted and dressed top CEOs and people like that. So he taught me a lot about dress. And I'm not dressed that way right now. I'm <laughs> not in my three-piece suit. <laughs> Far from it. But anyway, mm-hmm. the whole idea is, is that he said, and I agree with this part, and young people, you need to listen to this. People look at you and see what they want to see. And if you are not dressed properly for what you want to do, you are less likely to get the job. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is important today to be dressed. I mean, if you're in design, you don't need to wear a three-piece suit. In fact, you'd mm. be stupid to wear one, okay? Mm. But you don't wear jeans that have the hole cut in the in the knees to the interview, <laughs> even if it's interior design, okay? Mm-hmm. So, or or the, the T-shirt that's ripped or whatever. Now, maybe you do that if you're doing a, applying for an athletic thing like football or whatever, you know, <laughs> maybe that way. But – if you're applying to do a job today, you got to dress for what they expect you to dress for. Okay. And that's one of the things that he mentored me in. Okay. Is mentor me in dress. Okay. The other thing is, is that Barry mentored me in the importance of reaching out. Uh, I've never been afraid to reach out to anybody. And I mean, anybody, 
mm. from the age of four. Okay. People projected that I was going to be the governor of Florida, the age <laughs> of whatever. I've forgotten what it was, but I didn't want to go in. I tried politics, believe it or not, then I was actually getting pretty high up in it and in, in politics. And I said, and, and I was only 19 at that time. I was high up in the, in the mm. young, you know, uh, politics. But the thing is, is I realized I didn't want to be a part of that life. It just was backdoor, backstabbing, everything like that. And I didn't want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. So I, I got out of that. You know, I didn't decide there was other ways that I could do my life. But my passion right now, as I mentioned, are military veterans. My mm-hmm. father served with General Patton. He was one of his military police. My uncle served in the Battle of Iwo Jima. I was that private schools and military school, I was supposed to go to West Point or Annapolis. I had the grades, everything like that. But flat feet and bad eyes kept you out of those things back in the 60s, okay? Mm. So I couldn't really do anything, and I was really disappointed until I found out that the American Legion had a Sons of the American Legion division, and I became the commander in Atlanta for three terms. I was the commander, and that's where I really became passionate about helping our veterans, meeting our veterans, being around our veterans, and everything like that. And then I began to see how many were homeless, how many were coming home from Afghanistan and Iraq and being treated just like the Vietnam veterans, and maybe even worse, mm. and living out in cardboard boxes. I used to see them out there. I saw those. I saw those tent cities and everything like that. Some of them wanted to be out there. Others didn't want to be out there. So we knew we had to do something. The VA is not very good at doing it. Private enterprise is what's doing it. And my whole passion is to take my domes and turn them into uh, homeless veterans, eco-villages, where they will learn a new profession and they will get back into the American life. That's what I'm passionate about right now. Very, very, very nice. And Hugh, you have been answering these questions absolutely perfectly all interview long, but we are down to that last question. And that is, if there is one, just one piece of advice that you could give to somebody out there listening right now who wants to be in the position that you're in today, what would it be? Persistence. I've always been like a pit bull with a bone. I don't give up. Mm. I have not given up when I was an investigative reporter in consumer affairs. I was one of the first investigative consumer reporter uh, in the South, okay, mm. and, I, and I helped people, and I never gave up and to the point that I put one of the major companies of America that was scamming people out of business. Their mm. company was rebought out, and now they're still in business, not but with new owners, and they learned their lesson from what I taught people <laughs> by helping put. So persistence to me, Kojo, you just mm. persist, and you persist, and you persist, and you keep going, and keep going, and going. You eat pork and beans. You live in a tent. Whatever it takes, you persist at what you want to do and feel like you need to do to your, make yourself better and to make society better. I loved that answer right there, Hugh. Once again, you have answered a question absolutely perfectly. I could not have asked for better answers from anybody else here today. Now, Hugh, if there's any way that I can promote you, whether it's a website, social media, I know you have seven books out, at least seven books out. So, Hugh, I just need something that I can drop in the link in the description below so that my audience can reach yours. Well, what I want to do is 
I want to reach out to these people that are on your call here. You have my email. Just mm. ask them to put Coach OTV as the subject, and then I will know that it came from your show and everything like that. Perfect. And then I'll be able to answer their questions as I get hundreds of emails a day. Mm. And uh, basically, please just ask me questions about how you can improve your career. Don't try to sell me anything. <laughs> I, you know, I get sold all the time from from messages to ta emails to this to that. Exactly. Just stay right on target with me and i'll be glad to help as many of these young people as possible i love it right there and please guys take advantage we're gonna have that in the link in the description below and uh hugh and again i don't know if you want to drop any of your uh book links as well you know just for, oh yeah well for they're, the people. they're at amazon they're written under my pen name okay mr capital mr Valentine, M.R. Valentine, or my books on preparedness. We'd love to get more people prepared in America. It's fun. It's a fun thing to do with your, you and your family and to get prepared or your, your parents or whatever it may be. And the other thing is, is that you have my website, Valentine.International. Dot international is dot dot com it's dot international and they can read all my books there they can see all about what my businesses are that's my llc company right there perfect and please everybody hit that link in the description below now hugh again has been given excellent 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 advice all interview long and i must thank him once again now folks as you know there are three types of work a job a career and a calling most people have a job. You're lucky if you find a career, but you are truly, truly blessed if you find your calling. And I really hope that me and Hugh helped you find it here today, folks. That is a wrap. If you like today's episode, but feel like you still need an extra push, make sure to follow me on Clubhouse for free confidence coaching at Kojo the Goat. Again, that's at Kojo the Goat on Clubhouse. Subscribe. Leave a comment and make sure to follow all our social media channels at YI Network. All inquiries, please email kojo at yinetwork.com. Talk to you soon, guys.